Welcome back to Big Dog's Porch. Come on up and grab a seat. So it's Monday morning. And it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Now on Friday, you know, I basically gave an outline of after the first year, how the shows are going to be. You know, Mondays are going to be Motivational Monday. And I wanted to talk about that. So it's not going to be, you know, the, the, the typical platitudes that, you know, you can do it and things like that. I'm, I'm going to talk about it more in the lines with something that's very close and personal to me. Because of, you know, my, my brush with suicide. Most suicides that happen in the United States of America, the most industrialized nation in the world, happen between Sunday evening, 8 p.m., and Monday morning, 6 a.m. Why is that? Well, I, I think it's pretty obvious. People dread Mondays and what Mondays represent. Start of a new week. Back to the grindstone. Back on that hamster wheel. You run and run and run, 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 and at the end of the week you get off and you're not anywhere further along than when you started. You know, and, and I've said this before, you know, I get passengers in my car. And they talk about how they don't like their job. And, and, I've, and I've talked about how in my area, Monday night's a pretty good night because there's three types of drinkers on Monday night. There's the drinkers that wish the weekend was a day longer. There's the industry drinkers and basically, you know, the bartenders and waitresses that have to work every weekend because they're the best. So, you know, their places of business want them to work those nights. And then you have that select group of people that go to work on Monday, realize how much they hate their job, and which leads them to realize, you know, how much they're hating their life. And they go out and they get drunk on Monday night just to take some of that pain some of that anger away well you know what you're awake this morning remember a long time ago I used to tell people people would ask me how are you doing today I say well I woke up and there wasn't a white chalk outline around my body so it's a good day you know, and, that, and it's a pretty cool little saying. It's, I heard it from somebody else, and I thought it was cute. And, I, and so I said it for a long time. Then I sit there and used to say, oh, it's so good, I have to be twins. You know, everything that happens to us, the one thing that we control is our attitude, right? And you've heard the statement, you know, fake it till you make it. And there, there's some validity to that. You have to, sometimes you, you have to play the role first before it can come true. I, I remember I posted a picture of this beautiful cabin in the snow on uh, my Facebook page and, and on Instagram. And I said, you know, you have to envision this. You have to see it in your mind's eye clearly before you can see it in real life. And what I mean by clearly is you have to 
You have to dream in details. The more details your dream has, the more power it has. That's why I said that, you know, what you need to do is you need to write down what success means to you and not just what success means to you, but then write down your perfect day. Once you've hit your definition of success, what would your perfect day be? My perfect day I would wake up in my apartment in 99 Walnut Street, apartment 602 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I would look out over the Tennessee River off of my veranda. It'd be a winter morning right after the first of the year. So there'd be a nip in the air. The sun would be creeping over the first set of the mountains because Chattanooga sits there and kind of sits nestled, right? So the sun would be coming up. I'd be out there watching the sun come up. Now I'm at my healthy weight of 195 to 200. I get up in the morning and I watch the sun rise. I do my morning meditations, my reading, my scripture reading. And then I do my 45-minute segment of yoga. Start off with just, you know, the easy stretching part to get the blood flowing in these old joints again. And old is, you know, a selective term. Because I'm not really old, but I'm getting older. I am 52. And this is still a few years off. I do my yoga, starting off, like I said, just stretching everything out, get the blood flowing again. But in the last, you know, well, not the last, but, you know, so for the first 10, 15 minutes, then the next 15 minutes to 20 minutes will be hard, intensive, core strengthening, strength yoga. And then, you know, the last 10 minutes, of course, would be a cool-down period. Then I would finish that, and I would have installed on my veranda a sauna. And I'm sweating already from, from the thing, and there's a nip in the air. And I walk over to the sauna, which is set automatically to come on at, you know, 4.35 o'clock in the morning so that it gets to temperature when I'm ready to use it. And then I sit in the sauna for 30 minutes. I got a bottle of water in there with me that I continue to drink to replenish some of the some of the sweat that I lost in the in the yoga. And I sit in there for 30 to 45 minutes, which is a good cleansing, removes all the toxins that I just built up through the, through the exercise, you know, the lactic acids in your, your muscles. Saunas are great for pulling those out, right? Get done going in the house. Uh, Pull out the fruits and the vegetables that I plan to use that morning for my smoothie. I make my smoothie. I'm still sweating. I go, start to head back to the bedroom, and I say, 
start showering master bath water temperature 165 degrees Fahrenheit or maybe this morning I want to take a bath so I say run bath water temperature 180 degrees Fahrenheit now I have an inline water heater instant water heater right so it never runs out of hot water so it doesn't ever get cold it's just constant right climb in the water is just at that right point where you sit there and you go and your skin instantly starts to turn red you know you have to go in little bit by little bit because it's like it's hot right i mean water boils it what is it 210 degrees fahrenheit right so you're only 30 degrees away from water boiling actually a hundred degrees 180 degrees fahrenheit is the perfect temperature between 180 and 190 degrees fahrenheit it's the perfect temperature for brewing chai tea leaves right the which is you know your basic like lipton tea bags that are made from black chai right and you're not supposed to actually boil the water you're supposed to get it up 180 190 where the bubbles start to form and they're releasing a little bit and then you you, know, you never let the water really come to a boil you put the tea bags in there that's when it releases the best amount of flavor but I digress so you sit in the bath soak in the bath you know as i walk in there as it's finishing and i would change the bath in this place i want one of those big deep well baths i mean you know the one where you can sit up right in the water the because the back of the the tub is you know you can sit in it and it's still the water comes up to your neck right you can be fully submerged sitting and you don't have to lay down or anything and you I want one of those tubs. But, you know, you get to the bathroom before then, you put your towel on wherever you're going to hold your towel, right? Sip on the smoothie, pour some bubble bath, or throw one of them bath bombs in. Climb in the bathtub. I found a really good bath bowl. I've forgotten the name of it now. I gotta ask my wife again. <laughs> but it was a bubble bath with Epsom salts, right? So it really helps, you know, Epsom salts helps your sore muscles and stuff like that. And so I take the bath. I get up and now I'm not one for walk-in closets and I think the the European the, the German from my mother's side comes out of me in this I would rather just have a shrunk and a couple of wardrobes and I open them up and pull out the suit that I'm gonna wear that day with cufflinks and it's a dark suit white shirt with a blue tie with some speckles of red and purple in it. I go climb into my car and I drive to the warehouse talk with the warehouse manager and then I head to the Chattanooga Choo Choo which is a historic hotel in Chattanooga and I've rented out the ballroom for you see tonight is going to be the very first of my annual Masquerade Ball.
Now, since it's my first, I didn't get it on when I wanted it to happen because I really want it to happen on New Year's Eve. But shortly, like I said, it's January, early January, and I've got the room written out tonight. So I show up, make sure everything is ready. Deal with the last minute things that they need to deal with. Then I go meet with one of my good friends that lives down in Chattanooga. Him and I meet for lunch. And we talk about what, you know, the the night is going to be like, you know, the first one. And, you know, we've got a couple hundred people that are supposed to be showing up. And some very special guests. The rest of the day is spent running some errands and then I head back to the apartment to get ready for the night. Now my outfit, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a little bit into steampunk, so my outfit is really a uh, suit based on you know the Victorian suit, right? So it's got the it's long, not tails, not like you know, not like a tuxedo tails, but it. It's a long coat, right, with the the vest and and uh, the, you know paisley, and, and it's got a hint of blue. And the steampunk is you know earth tone colors, so the vest is more earth tone. But the the uh, the you know the the outer jacket is this kind of this deep you know deep deep bluish. And I have one of those, those you know, those ties that they used to wear back then, which is not like a regular necktie now, right? So I have to watch about three videos on how to tie it. Because <laughs> I don't know how to tie one of those things. But trust me, on that day I will. I got a top hat and a cane and my mask. And now I've called driving service because, you know, it's a masquerade ball. So I plan to in, uh, have a couple of drinks. So I show up because, you know, I, it's my ball. I don't, I don't want to show up late for it, right? I want to be there. Ball starts at eight o'clock at night, and you take the masks off at midnight. And I think it's just really going to be fun. I think it's something that used to be done a whole lot more than it is now. I think it's something that used to be, especially in the South, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was just something that was done. And, and, uh, I, th I think that, and, and not just the South, but overall, uh, you know, society has kind of moved away from, you know, masquerade balls. And I think it's just a wonderful way to celebrate something. So at midnight, 
you know, we all reveal the masks, you know, and maybe we have a contest, so nobody knows who anybody is, but, like, maybe we have a special, special, special person, uh, you know, kind of a celebrity, maybe for that area, or maybe for the whole state of Tennessee, or, um, and, so they're in costume, and, and if you guessed it, you know, there's a raffle, and if you guessed it, and, and you, can, you can win a prize, right? Door prize, or nothing elaborate, but just something to, to, to have fun. We have music there, and, and the band is in costume as well. Midnight, we do the reveal, we show off, give pass the prize out, start to wind down. Of course, since it's my ball, I wait till everybody leaves. Last few people roll out around one. I uh, climb in the car and go back home. Take the clothes off, hang them up nice and neat, pack it away for the next time. Climb into bed. That, to me, would be a perfect day. Now, some of you are going like, what the hell is he talking about? But you see, it's okay because it's not your perfect day. It's my perfect day. Get your own perfect day. You ain't got to do what I do. You ain't got to like it. But there are some of you right now that are listening to that going like, dude, I want to be at that ball. And, and and maybe you have to set some goals. And maybe you have to, to, you know, do some actions. Maybe you have to make a decision now to get the ball rolling so that you can be at that masquerade ball with me. And then when the reveal comes up, Afterwards, you can walk up to me and said, I heard you talk about this on your podcast. And for the last three, four, five years, I have done everything I could to be ready for today. Because I wanted to come to this masquerade ball. You see, you have to start off, right, by first defining what success is, and then describing your perfect day, and then writing your dreams down, and then goals. I, I was watching a video the other day from Denzel Washington. He said, dreams without goals are wishes and wishes blow away with the wind and he didn't say that part i'm saying that part he's right though you know I, i've talked before about people with people you know the difference between a dream and a wish a wish usually starts off with the if then statement right if i win the lottery then i'll do this if i get a better job then i'll do this If my grandmother leaves me half the estate, then I'll do this. Right? It's an if-then statement. Has no power. None whatsoever. A dream, on the other hand, wakes you up. 
causes an ache, right? Frustrate the snot out of you. Makes you wonder why you're dealing with all of this pain. Eric Thomas says, yo, you know, don't don't quit. You're you're already you're already going through this pain. Don't quit now. Get to the end. Get to the end. Cause the pain will stop. It might only be a day or a week or a month or a year. Or in my case, years. The pain ate at me and took the form of depression and took the form of sitting there and causing me to feel inferior, causing me to wonder, like my son always does, like if you was a superhero, what power would you be? And I always say, well, I'd do this or do that, right? But to be honest with you, I'd want to be a telepath because I'm so worried. I was so worried what people think of me. Isn't that ridiculous? I'm living my life. But when you walk by me, you probably don't pay me another thought, but I want to be able to read your mind to make sure that you're not paying me another thought, that you're not talking shit about me in your head. And if you are, since I can read your mind, I'm going to spike you in the head with a mental attack or something. I don't know. Isn't that ridiculous? How crippling that is. And how that can sit there and lead to the to depression because you're always concerned about things that shouldn't concern you. Listen, you got to understand, right? You know, Les Brown says it's not easy. Life ain't easy though. But it's not easy. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. I remember during the 2012 presidential election cycle, I was delivering newspapers and I was talking to this lady as we was putting together our newspapers in, in the warehouse. And she said that she believed in the redistribution of wealth. She believed that everybody who had X amount of dollars, the money should be taken away from them, put into a pool, and then distributed out to everybody. So I proposed this to her. I said, so let's say we take the money away from everybody, right? If you have over a million dollars, anything over a million dollars, we're going to take away from you. We're going to put it into a pool. And then the federal government is going to chip in the rest of the money to make sure that every U.S. citizen that is here legally, U.S. citizen, over the age of 21, will be given $1 million. I said, would that be fair? She said, yes. I said, then let me ask you this. In one year's time, what percentage of all these millionaires would still be millionaires? She said, oh, 50, 60%. I said, absolutely not. I said, 5%. And I said, actually, it's probably lower, like 1% or less. But I'll go with 5%. And 
And she says, how can you say that? I says, because 5% of the population are millionaires now, or 1%. So you're not a millionaire because you don't know how to be one. I'm not a millionaire. I'm trying to figure it out. But let's say I never hit that point. journey is the important part i have my goals so what you need to learn how to do is i don't know where are you at right now what level are you at right now are you making more than 20 but less than 30 more than 30 but less than 40 where are you at so the first thing you need to figure out is how to get to that next bracket, right? How to go from making more than 20 but less than 30 to making more than 30 but less than 40. And then once you've learned how to do that, then you need to learn how to go from making more than 30 but less than 40 to making more than 40 but less than 50. What does it take? Maybe it takes learning a new skill. Maybe it takes learning how to organize yourself better. And I don't mean a skill as far as a job level skill. Maybe the skill of being organized. Maybe it'll take putting forth more effort. Maybe it'll take getting a part-time job. Maybe it'll take changing professions. Maybe it'll take you having going back to school and learning something else. Maybe it'll take you learning how to invest your money or even on a small scale. Start somewhere. There's a great app out right now called Robin Hood. And it's an app that lets you start investing with as little as $50. See, everybody thinks that you need millions of dollars to invest. And here's an app that says, if you got 50 bucks, you can start investing today. Do you got $50? That's 10 cups of Starbucks coffee that you can do away with. I always hate when people do that in a sales pitch. Oh, yeah, all you need, this is 18 cups of coffee a month, and you can pay for this on a monthly basis. I used to always hate that. I was like, really, that's your sales pitch? And I just did it, right? <laughs> oh, the irony. But seriously, though, Robin Hood, check it out. As low as 50 bucks. Okay, so you put in 50 bucks now, and maybe in six months you can put in another $100. Here's the key, though, right? Robert Kiyosaki sits there and says in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, once you put a dollar bill working for you, you don't ever fire it. Do you understand that? I mean, it took me a while to understand that. I had an investment portfolio one time before. It wasn't nothing magnificent. But a family emergency came up, so I closed the, the, the account and took the money out for the family emergency. Then I had nothing. Hey, at 52 years of age, I got Robin Hood on my phone. If you're ever in my Uber, ask me to see it. I got Robin Hood on my phone. I've started with 50 bucks. And I'm hoping in a couple months that I can put another 50 bucks in there. Or maybe in a couple months, I can put $100 in there. And then I'll have $150 worth to, to trade with. 
But everything I make from that Robinhood account will just go back into the Robinhood account. And I'll never fire it for the rest of my life. It will always be working for me. And who knows, in five years, maybe that account will be worth a couple grand. And then I can take that couple grand and roll it over into a more traditional investing account. Had a couple guys in my car one time, they worked for investment brokerage people, right? They, they dealt with um, retirement accounts and, 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 and helping people you know, set up for retirement. And I asked them, I said, wow, I said, I, I'd like your business card because there's going to come a point in time when I'm, I'm going to need to come and talk to you. The guy looks at me and says, really, you have money to invest? And I sat there and said, yes, I do. And he goes, well, cool. Unfortunately, I don't have any cards on me. Unfortunately... In a couple of years, when I'm ready to deal with him, I probably won't remember the name of his company, which I do, but I'm, I'm not going to say that name of the company right now. I don't remember his name at all anymore already, and it was just a few months ago. What a shame, right? Now, he probably got into my Uber car, and he probably didn't think anything about it, you know, and he, he probably sit there and had, you know, prejudgment in his head already. And I, I don't want to sit there and, and, and infer any, you know, negative malice on his part. Like he thought he was, you know, better than me. That's, that's not what, that's not what I'm trying to say. That's, but he, you know, probably thought, you know, Uber driver, I'm probably out here doing, because, you know, most Uber drivers do it part-time to make extra money. So he probably thought the same thing. And that's okay. He didn't realize that I have far grander notions He didn't realize, like the song from Need to Breathe, happiness. I got dreams that wake me up in the dead of night, telling me I'm not made for the simple life. What about you? Do you? Do you have those dreams? If not, why not? Why not? Have you given up? Are you just waiting for your time on this merry-go-round of life? For the controller to sit there and stop and sit there and say, it's your time to get off the ride. Are you just waiting? There's only one trip, right? We only get to go one time. Why are you not living life to the fullest? Why are you not trying to grab the brass ring? Eminem had a song, Lose Yourself, and, and I, I find Lose Yourself is one of those go-to songs when, when I really just need to motivate myself, when things just seem, you know, like, uh, and the very opening part of it, you know, he, he talks, you know, with, um, 
uh, you know, he's not, um, you know, he, he's not, you know, he's not really rapping, but he's, you know, so anyways, he sits there and it's, it's basically the intro to the song, right? He goes, look, and this is Eminem on the song, Lose Yourself. If you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it? Or just let it slip? I love the choice of words that he used, seize. To take hold of suddenly and forcibly. Right? To seize it. Now, there's a second definition of that, right? To take an opportunity eagerly and decisively. Decisively. You know, which is a derivative of the word decision. We come back to that, that all it takes is a decision. Decide. Seize. I mean, you when you seize something, right, you're like, it's mine. It, I'm not giving it up without a fight. And yet we give up on our dreams so many times. I did. I had dreams you wouldn't believe when I was in my 20s. And then I squashed them all. I, I put them all in the in this big box and I put it in the back of my head and, and buried it and buried it and just kept covering it up with junk because every once in a while it would try to sneak out again and every once in a while it would try to affect my life and I would it back in the box and I tape the box up and I shove it back into the back of my head again and then I throw more trash on top of it. I would hide and distract myself with computer games and TV and other shit that I didn't need to, but I did. And then my oldest son graduated high school and I only had one more child in school my youngest son and all of a sudden I started to realize that that this phase and I've talked about this before but this phase of my life was coming to an end and all of a sudden I couldn't hold those dreams in anymore I couldn't keep them buried anymore they came back with the vengeance Those dreams that I buried in my 20s just fed the depression that I developed in my 30s. Just took that dark demon of a depression and sit there and gave it a shot of steroids. I remember I told my wife, I heard this story a long time ago. So an eagle's egg had fallen out of the nest and got mixed in with some chicken eggs. And then the hens sat on the eggs and they all hatched. And here was this eagle. living with the chickens. And so he watched and he saw the chickens scratch at the ground with their their feet. So he took his majestic talons and he scratched at the ground like they did, dulling those tools of death 
that the eagles use to catch their prey. And he watched those chickens and peck at the ground with their beaks. So he dulled his majestic beak by pecking at the ground just like they did because that's what he thought he was supposed to do. And then one day he was sitting out and he felt this breeze. This wind come and it kind of got under his wings a little bit. And, and he took a deep breath and he was like, whoa. And he looks up in the sky and he sees another eagle soaring on the winds with his wings outstretched majestically in his realm just flying and he unfurled his wings and he realized that these wings were meant for more than just sitting on his back like he's been doing for the years clawing and pecking at the ground so his mama comes over and says what are you doing He's like, Mama, what's that up there? He was like, oh, that's, don't, don't bother yourself with that. Don't even look up at the sky. Our life is down here on the ground. We can't fly. We're chickens. But he started to steal away, separate himself, because he realized he was different. He was so much bigger than all the other chickens. He was bigger than his mama. He was bigger than the rooster. The rooster didn't even mess with him. So he climbed to the top of the fence and he would sit there and he would unfurl his wings and let the wind hit his wings. And he would just know that he was meant to be up there with the other eagle. So he climbed to the top of the barn. And again, he just unfurled his wings. But he never been taught how to fly. And the eagle comes by and all of a sudden the eagle flaps its wings so that it can sit there and gain elevation again. And he looks, he says, Oh, am I supposed to do that? And so he flaps his wings. And all of a sudden he starts to lift off the top of the barn and it scares him. So he stops, settles back down on the barn. Wasn't quite ready for that feeling of his feet not touching something. Because his whole life, his feet was there on the ground, clawing at it. Next day, he gets up again up on the top of the barn. And it's a wonderful windy day. And he unfurls his wings again. And he just feels the natural lift. And he looks up and there's that eagle again just soaring. And the eagle looks down at him. Makes eye contact. And shouts at him. Caws at him screams at him whatever an eagle does but he says come on up in eagle language i don't speak it so i'm not going to call on the phone i mean on the, the mic come on up but he doesn't know how the eagle flaps his wings again to gain more elevation so the so the young eagle sits there and he flaps his wing again. The eagle comes by for another pass. And he says, just jump and trust. So the eagle jumps and he flaps his wings and he just trusts. And just as he jumped, a big gust of wind comes. So when he flaps his wing, off he takes 
And before he realizes it, he's up there soaring with that other eagle. And he's looking down at all the little chickens. And not once did they lift their head up to see him. They just stayed in their little world, pecking at the ground, clawing at the ground. Because that's what chickens do. See, I realized I was an eagle. I'm not meant to be pecking at the ground and clawing at the ground. I'm meant to be soaring. What about you? If you believe that you're an eagle, I'm telling you to come on up. To jump trust yourself. You know, Steve Harvey talks about it, you know, sometimes you just have to get to that edge of that cliff and you just have to trust in your dream and your vision and your you just have to trust and you have to jump. And you might fall. That's okay. You go back up to the top of the mountain, you jump again. You know, I shared that story with my wife. At that time, we'd been married for oh, 26, 27, 28 years, somewhere in there. You know what her response was to me? And, and this hurt. She said, what are you calling me, a chicken? No, I'm not. But it's funny how we each associate with what we associate with, right? All I was telling her was that I'm an eagle. And I'm meant to soar. I'm meant to sit there and to get to new heights. I'm not meant to be on the ground dulling my beak and my talons and letting my wings grow weak of apathy. All those dreams from my 20s started coming flooding back instead of having initially it was a positive effect but then it started to feed that demon the beast depression because I started to look back and say what, what did I do why didn't I do this sooner why did I waste so much time I like to tell people I don't live with regrets. Regrets keep you trapped in the past. But we, we all have our regrets, don't we? I mean, there are very few of us that have no regrets. But, but honestly and truthfully, though, we have to let them go. Because regrets do tie us to the past. And if we're tied to the past, we can't go into the future. Imagine driving a car from East Coast to the West Coast, but you was only allowed to look in the rearview mirror the whole time while you was driving forward. Now, looking in that rearview mirror, you can still see ahead of you, but it's blurry, right? 
because you're not focused on what's ahead of you. You're focused on the rearview mirror, so you see everything behind you clearly. See, that's what we do, right? That's how most of us live life. Oh, we see things clearly in our past. You know, my mama used to always say hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, we see so clearly in the past. You know, in football, they kind of call it Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Like, oh, he should have blah, 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 made this pass. He shouldn't have thrown that interception. This guy was wide open. Oh, it's so easy to see that afterwards. But you see everything in your past clearly. You can't see what's in front of you. Because you're not focused on that. So how can you get all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast? Driving forward, only looking in the rearview mirror. It's extremely difficult, isn't it? At some point, you have to focus on the future. You have to. Yeah. Whether you're in the 20s, what do you want to be like when you're in your 30s, in your 40s? And that's what you start working towards. You know, there's a great speech from Matthew McConaughey where he talks about, uh, you know, the three things, right? And, and I've forgotten the first two. Some, someone to love, something to be thankful for, right? And someone to chase. I think those are the three things. And he said that, you know, a guy asked him one time, who's your hero? He said, me in 10 years. So 10 years later, the guy asked him, says, are you your hero yet? And he said, no, not even close. It's me in five years. That way you're always hungry. Now, I just butchered the hell out of that, okay? So, <laughs> but you get the gist. It keeps you hungry. It keeps you going forward. It keeps you moving. That's what dreams are. That's what dreams are for. You have to start dreaming in such clarity that you ache because you don't have it yet dude I could and I will one day I can sit there and walk you through my apartment now, I don't live there right now you know so if you listen to this statement I don't live there at all I still live in Virginia but one day soon I will be living in that apartment in Chattanooga. And I can walk you through it, and I will do that on another show. I can tell you everything that's going to be in there. I can tell you the paintings that are going to be on the wall. You know, the, the bed, the way it's going to be set up in my bedroom. You know, the bathroom, the color coordinations. You know, I already told you about the, you know, the, the veranda, and I'm going to have a sauna put on there. It's this little small sauna, and a big sauna. It'll only fit two people. It's all I need it for, right? The, bed, the, the apartment is only has two bedrooms. I don't need it to fit multiple people. What about you? Can you describe your house? Is it an actual house? If it is an actual house, have you driven by it? See, this house, this apartment was for sale. So it was up on Zillow and a couple of other those, you know, uh, real estate websites. And they had th over 30 pictures of it. So I, I look at those pictures every day. Now, I know that the apartment was staged, but I look at those pictures every day. And I see, you know, the way that they got it, you know, decked out. And I'm like, wow, I 
I would do this differently. I would do that differently. I'd keep the hardwood floors. I love hardwood floors. I'd keep those. I see the veranda and I know that I'm going to be sitting on that veranda one day with my best friends. I'm going to be drinking a bottle of 23-year-old Family Reserve Pappy Van Winkle, smoking some really expensive cigars and talking about how we made it. Who knows? Maybe this audience will be big enough when I get that apartment and my YouTube audience will be big enough that I'll actually do a live broadcast when I take possession. I'll walk through that apartment the first time and let everybody walk around with me. And then I'm going to bring the decorator in and tell her what I want, how to decorate it. guys when you can dream with that level of clarity it makes you wake up on Monday morning with a smile oh my god what can I do today to get to my apartment that's what I ask myself what can I do today that's going to help me be ready for when that apartment comes up for sale again that I can get it what and I do it that's why I decided to finally do the podcast that I've been talking about for a year that's why I decided to do the YouTube channel I started that in July unfortunately I only posted one video and then I, I let those doubts I let those those fears I, I let all of that crap stop me and then I because I hadn't posted in so long I lost access to my YouTube channel so now I have to start a new YouTube channel which I, I just created the, the other day and I'm going to be posting tomorrow because I do all my editing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when I don't work now unfortunately don't work Uber but unfortunately tomorrow I will be working Uber because it's New Year's Eve and that's one of the busiest days for us but I am still going to already have one little short video, a uh, short little ride, but it was a cool little ride. And so I don't have to do much editing on that. I'm going to, I'm going to post it as is. I have talked about it for a couple weeks now, uh, about a TikTok channel. I'm, you know, first of the year, I'm going to get that up and running and I'm, I'm going to be posting on TikTok. And come February, you know, after I, I get all this organized and, and everything, come February, I'm, I'm going to start my internet radio show. And I've also been talking about this for a couple years. I finally bought it and downloaded it yesterday, Dragon Speak, and I started my book. Now, I had started my book a thousand times in my head, but I never put it to paper. Well, I started it yesterday. I, I finished the rough outline, and I actually finished the introduction. And uh, I will start chapter one later today when I get back up, because I was up all night working, and I'm now going to go take a nap. And then I will get up later this afternoon and, and I'll work on my chapter one. And I get with my friend who was an English major in college and have him edit it for me. And I'm going to e-publish it. When it's ready, I'll let you guys know. I'm hoping that I'll have it ready in six months. 
What decisions are you making to change your life? It's Monday. Start of a new week. Start of new opportunities, new chances. What are you deciding to do? Where are your decisions and your choices going to lead you in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? See, I'm 52 years old now. I don't look at 20 years down the road. I'm looking at 10 years down the road. I'm looking at five years down the road. And I realize that uh, I've got a lot of ground to make up for. See, but I, I don't let that, that those dreams that come back to me that I had in my 20s, I don't let that feed the demon anymore. I don't let it feed the monster. I let it feed the beast in me. I let it feed the eagle in me. I let it become the wind that elevates me, that lifts me to soar among the other eagles as I was always meant to do. Why are you Still pecking at the ground. Let's do this. Join me next time again on Big Dog's Porch.